Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. What's happening? Well, I'll tell you what's not happening. Okay. We're not moving. Oh, stop it. Yeah. There were people lining up to come to the open house. I know, I know but we're not moving. I, I went to my accountant and they said, oh, if you haven't lived there for at least two of the last five years, oh, you're going to pay capital gains. Capital gains. Yeah. Yes. So, since that's uh, about 12 grand on our on our current profit on the house, then we were like, um, hmm, how about we stay another year? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. How about we take advantage of all the cool stuff we just added to the house to make it more 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 valuable and how about we get to use that really cool outdoor kitchen that we just installed and stuff (laughs) (laughs) well maybe you'll fall in love with it all over again not holding my breath on that but yeah (laughs) (laughs) regardless you're going to be there for another year (laughs) we'll be here for another year at least 10 months yeah (laughs) all right so we'll talk about that more in 10 months when it's back again (laughs) It's back again. Yes. So, yeah, it's like that. Anyway, but today. It's like that. Today. It is. Today, we're going to talk about ley lines. Ley and lines. It, yeah, it's really interesting. I, I I know you want to make some sort of smart ass comments. I just really do, but I don't. Yeah, no, let's, let's move on because it wouldn't have been good. It wouldn't have been good. It's always a bad joke, and everybody's always like, oh, Joey. And yeah, but they okay. love your dad jokes. That's what they love about you. So, so, so what ley lines, what are we talking about? If you do a Google search for ley lines, and ley lines is L E Y, 
right? Uh, if you do a Google search for ley lines, what you're going to find is some weird stuff. If you look, most of the sacred sites around the planet have a single line uh, around the planet on which they exist. And you can draw a straight line through Easter Island and, you know, a bunch of different I- items, right? And they just all line up in a row. And if you do research on this, you'll find it. It's not my forte, so I'm not going to talk about it in great detail. But that's that's what they're now calling ley lines in sort of the general world, right? I'm not talking about those. The other thing you'll find on Google is ley line magic in different magic games. <laughs> so computer games and online gaming and... Uh, you know, role-playing games and all the ways in which the ley line magic shows up in role-playing games and whatever. And it is the stuff on which those things are based that I'm talking about, which is the actual magic of ley lines, which is not completely different than the, you know, the lining up of the the sacred sites. And we'll, we'll explain how that works, but that's not the specifics of what I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to be talking about ley lines more generally. Okay not that one specific line. So if you think about ley lines, ley lines are kind of like the arteries and veins of the earth. The arteries, I'm going to get this backwards, but I'm pretty sure this is the right way. The arteries are the things that come out of the heart where it has been purified and cleansed and it's fresh blood coming out of the heart and going into the body. Veins are where the blood is coming back from the extremities and back up into the heart and is uh, coming back in. And so it goes through a cleansing process and whatever, right? So, um, If you think about that, the arteries are the positive ley lines of the body and the veins are the negative ley lines of the body. Okay. Um, And except it's the earth, right? So this is the earth's arteries and veins. It is positive and negative ley lines. And so the positive ley lines are things that bring positive energy. Go figure. Okay. And the negative ley lines are the things that suck away all of the negative stuff to be cleansed at a later point in the process. When we're doing magic on land, okay, we need to consider what are the ley lines, if any, that run through the piece of property that we're doing it on. Okay. Now this is relevant whether you're talking about just doing a simple ritual or if you're talking about doing something more complex, like setting up a labyrinth or a sacred site, you know, if you're going to do, uh, I remember uh, Oren at, at Four Quarters Farm is uh, he does standing stones. He sets up standing stones like they have at Stonehenge, right? They multi-ton stones and they raise them with people, not with machinery, they do these standing stone rituals. And, um, you know, if you're going to be setting up something that significant, you want to make sure you're setting it up in a space that's going to be suited for it, right? And so you don't want to be setting up a sacred space on a negative ley line or else you're going to end up with some really messed up stuff, right? <laughs> right? It would be kind of like trying to build an altar on a trash heap, right? <laughs> Not your best choice. Okay. 
Basically, what you're looking at is you want to make sure that the energy is supportive. Now, there is uh, something known as sacred geometry. And sacred geometry is the uh, art of using, go figure, geometry, geometrical figures to create specific energetics and to support specific energetics. Now, oftentimes, and the reason I'm going to talk about this right now, I'm not going to go into a great detail on sacred geometry either, because again, not my my primary thing. I use it in small quantities, but uh, you know, you're going to learn a lot more from a book than you will from me on it. But what I'm going to say is that uh, if you're setting up a parcel of land, let's say you want to have a labyrinth and a meditation space and some standing stones on your land, you will want to consider how they are laid out on your land using sacred geometry and relating to where your ley lines are on your land. But when you do it right, you get some really seriously cool ass stuff, right? (laughs) So um, there are a variety of ways in which you can discover ley lines. The easiest ones you know, obviously the super easiest one is to just look for them and with your third eye, with your, your, your second sight. Right. And you know, then they become obvious where they are. If you're, if you're looking for them, if you're on the land itself and you're trying to find where these things might be, just walk the land where you feel better. You're probably on a good, on a positive ley line where you feel worse. You're probably on a negative ley line. And, you know, just walk the land back and forth and and you'll find it. Um, Another way is to use your second site and to use Google Satellite to look at the property. When you use Google Google Satellite, you can see the land in its entirety and then use your second site to map the, the land lines that way. Okay. Not every piece of property has ley lines on it. Let me be clear. Okay. But when, when it does, it's relevant to know. Okay. I, I just want to talk about the ley lines themselves for the moment. I just did a house clearing for a friend of mine. I don't sell these, so please don't ask. Um, but I did one for a friend of mine because she's local and she's like, Oh my God, my house has so much crap. And, you know, I live in Richmond, which is the capital of Confederacy and, and it has so many ghosts. Oh my God, there's so many ghosts. Every single person here tells me a ghost story. And so this friend of mine called me up. She's like, um, my kids are being followed by these ghosts and the things, lights are turning themselves on and off. And, you know, they, she had not just a ghost, but a poltergeist, full-blown poltergeist. I came over and I'm like, okay, well, let's start with the fact that your house is actually on a ley line. The house itself actually sits on the ley line and it's not a good ley line. (laughs) So let me, let me start with that. And then let's talk about warding and all the other stuff that we've talked about in on this podcast forever. Right. Um, But we haven't talked about the ley lines. And so what I did with her was I said, okay, well, this negative ley line is going to be bringing a bunch of random crap to you. Right. And so what I did was I moved the ley line. I just, pulled it away from the house and I, and I couldn't pull it. I didn't want to move it too far because it would have a cascade effect, but I could, I pulled it about 10 feet away from the house and I left it in the front yard. Wasn't anything I could do about that, but I pulled it far enough out of the front yard that it was not in a place where people would be hanging out. And, and 
that significantly shifted the energy of the house. And if you can ask me how I did it, how do you do magic? Intention. Intention. Right. That's how I did it. I intended to do it and I did it. Right. Okay. Because I could hear the, well, how do I do that? Okay. So, You're still going to get how did I, how do you do that? I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the answer. The reason that you don't want to move it too far is because it's actually impacting other people's properties on the, on the, uh, in the neighborhood. And you don't have the right to change what they chose. So you don't have the right to say, well, it's a negative ley line and nobody could want that. And blah, 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 so I'm going to fix it. No, no, no. That's black magic. Cut that shit out. Right? No, you don't have the right to change what somebody else chose. They chose to live in that house because it had a negative ley line. It, unconscious choice or not, they chose it. And so you don't have the right to change that. So I pulled it as far as I could without impacting the other properties around. That's one way you can deal with the lane line. Another way you can deal with the lane line, if you have a positive lane line, I, my shaman in the magical house, (laughs) Um, when we first moved in, the magical house was, it was a hundred year old Victorian mansion. It was beautiful and a little not well kept. It needed a little love. There was a positively line running through the yard, but not touching the house. And since there was going to be a whole group of us, a whole circle working in the house, my shaman said, oh, here, let me just wake the house up. And so he pulled the ley line over to touch the corner of the house. And this hundred-year-old house, which had all of these memories in it, woke up. And he in, he engaged the house. He, he let the house wake up. He let the house get used to the new energy. This was not something he did immediately. So, you know, a couple months after he had done this process and the house had gotten used to its new state... Um, he in, he engaged the house in the process of protecting itself energetically. And he had the house be part of the ward by just asking it to, right? Um, the other side effect of bringing this ley line onto the corner of the property was we also activated the ghosts in the house. <laughs> a house that's 100 years old is going to have a couple of ghosts. That's just sort of the nature of the beast. And so we ended up with this cute little Victorian era child who would jump down the stairs and sing. And she always had this, like, she was in this, like, white dress with the, you know, the Victorian era boots. And she would hop down the stairs like a bunny, right? And she had a ball that she was holding. And that's the only place I would ever see her is on the stairs. So it's a... So sometimes a ghost isn't a ghost. It's more of a sense memory of the house. And so that child must have spent a lot of time on those stairs in that house doing that. And the house must have really liked her because it held on to the memory. So in that sense, it wasn't necessarily the the spirit of the girl. It was the spirit of the memory that the house was incarnating in that way. Because she never did anything other than that. That's all she ever did. She never engaged. She never communicated. She never anything. And I would look at her and and be high and she just kept doing her thing. And it was, she wasn't actually there. It was like a recording being played on a screen. Exactly. 
the house really liked when she jumped on its stairs. And so it kept the memory. Uh, and then there was a, there was an actual ghost in the basement. And we also had a, <laughs> we had a random portal that opened shortly thereafter. And uh, this, this caused one of the rules of the house <laughs> to form. <laughs> <laughs> One of those magical rules for the house. Uh, the, the portal opened of its own accord. And two of our housemates noticed, because they go to the basement to do their laundry, and neither none of the rest of us had been down there in the last few days. And so we didn't know it was there. And and this portal opened and, you know, crap started coming out. And, and the girls come running up the stairs going, oh, my God, oh, my God, there's a thing it's opening and we're like what where did it come from they're like well it's been forming for a couple of days and the, <laughs> my shaman looks at him and goes and you did not inform the house warden that a random portal was opening in the basement <laughs> like, we wanted to see what happened and this is what happens when you do that <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah that was fun <laughs> so that was the the new the new rule was don't know uh, <laughs> if portals open up their own accord, you must inform the house warden immediately. Yes. <laughs> so no opening portals that you don't know where they go. And if they open, inform the house warden. Yeah. So, yeah, we had all kinds of fun, fun rules about that. I think we talked about them in an episode. Oh, yes, so, I think so. Yeah. That came out of that as well when they moved the when he moved the ley line. It depends on what's on the land, right? There are other things as well. You could have vortices, you know, enter vortexes, right? And they talk about these in Sedona. They have all the energy vortexes in Sedona, right? they, They advertise them. Now, the ones in Sedona are pretty muted these days because they've had way too many people walk through them. But there are some significant vortexes that can exist in people's houses, on people's land, um, that are naturally occurring, or they were created by someone somewhere along the line. And you get interesting scenarios that happen as a result. Now, would a vortex occur because, especially the the amount of them that you're talking about for Sedona, because Sedona runs along a major ley line or something like that? Is that how they could form that much? I'm not sure exactly what Sedona attributes their vortexes to. Is that actually vortices? I don't know. It is vortices, but everybody calls them vortexes, so... I just like when I say vortices, people look at me and go, huh, what? Yeah. (laughs) So I say vortexes because that's what it takes to be understood. (laughs) And communication is all about being understood, not about being right. So anyway, I'm not sure what they what they attribute their vortex vortexes to. But again, this is one of those things where if you're doing things on a regular basis, you can create energy in in places, right? You remember the story I told ages ago. Oh my God, it must have been very close to the beginning of this podcast, where I went to the house where they'd been raising energy for 20 years and then just doing nothing with it and letting it sit there. That house had some serious energy crap in it, right? You do something like that for a long time, you're going to end up with energetic fallout, that that stays with the property. Okay. It's like energetic Chernobyl. Yeah. Energetic Chernobyl in that case. 
But there's also the possibility that you could have the opposite, which is, you know, we've done beautiful uh, rituals on this land for decades. And, and now there's really lovely energy here. And, you know, maybe we did an intense ritual over in this side here that connected us to the fairies. And maybe there's an energy vortex here that, that has a little fairy energy in it. And maybe, you know, so there's that can be done. And then they're just naturally forming spaces. And I, I think, I think if I remember correctly, cause uh, you know, I went to Sedona in 1998, so bear with me. It's been a, been a few minutes. Um, but I think what they said when I went there was that it was a naturally occurring space, which in the desert, I'm not surprised. There's something about the desert that doesn't get in the way of energy, right? Um, because there's less water and energy is, is electric in some ways. Um, it, it's easier for the energy to, uh, not be impeded in its process when there's not a lot of water everywhere to sort of drag it off in different directions. Right. So it's, it's my best guess. Okay. So. When you're looking at ley lines, what you're really trying to figure out is one, is it positive or negative? Two, is it going to impact me or not? And three, what are the consequences of choosing to have it impact me? (laughs) Because, because, you know, we, we all approach this stuff and we go, oh, it would be fun to play, right? But, you know, this wouldn't be spirit sherpa if you didn't get your cautionary tale, right? If you didn't get your, your buyer beware moment, and this is your buyer beware moment, is, is you know, when you open doors, you don't know necessarily where they're going to open to. And pulling that ley line over was opening a door that he didn't know what was going to happen. He was 25 and I was 28 and we didn't know any better. <laughs> so we were just like, ah, screw it. It'll be fine. Right. And mostly it was. Okay. <laughs> Mostly it was, um, with the exception of, you know, a few weird things happening along the way. But the other thing, I want to say one more thing about a way to find a ley line is you can also douse for it. I was curious if you could do that. Yeah, we haven't talked about dowsing at all, but there are um, dowsing rods that you can buy that they give you a little plastic sleeve and it's it's a piece of copper. Usually it's a copper wire that comes up and, and out sort of a, makes a little two sides of a square, right? You drop the copper rod into the tube and you have one in each hand. And when you're walking around, it'll be open, 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 open. And when you get to it, the two pieces that are straight out will close when you've come to the place that is the vortex. Now, whether it's positive or negative, you have to figure out on your own. You know, the dowsing rods aren't going to tell you positive or negative. They're just like open or closed, right? Um, However, if you tap into the energy of the ley line, it can tell you how much energy is running through it because it'll start to spin. And the speed at which it spins tells you how much energy is running through that line. So it's just a matter of changing your intention for how you're tapping into that energy, right? So dowsing is it's an old technique. It's an ancient technique that people have used to find water, to find energy lines, to, to find a variety of things, right? And so dowsing is a really good tool for ley line work. 
Um, and so if you're on the land and you want to see about that, you may want to pick up some dowsing rods. They're not that expensive and it's a pretty easy process to learn how to use them. And then you have to figure out what you want to do with it, right? So now you know where they are. Now you know what they are. Now you got to figure out what to do with it. And so now the question becomes, am I looking to create something on my property? You know, am I looking to put in a labyrinth? Am I looking to put in a sacred space of some st- some type, right? Um, <clears throat> a fire circle, right? So if I were to design a property and I were, wanted to put multiple things on the land and I wanted, and I had a positive ley line to work with, right? Ley lines, much like arteries and veins, have directionality of flow. And so, you know, the energy flows from one place to another. It doesn't go back and forth, right? And so what I would do is if I had a positive ley line, I would try and get it to hit the fire circle first if I was doing a fire circle and a labyrinth and, you know, whatever. Because you have to think about the energy of each thing that you're putting into the space, right? So a labyrinth by definition is circuitous and, you know, flopping back and forth. And, you know, if you want to pool positive lane line energy, that's a great thing to put the labyrinth on a ley line for. But if you want to use that ley line energy in other parts of the property, then you don't want to pool it in the labyrinth, right? Um, the fire circle would add energy to it in the process of doing the fires. And that would be, so it would feed the energy into the fire, the fire would happen and it would feed more energy into the ley line and off it would go down the way. Right. Um, and so you have to think about how the things that you're putting in place impact the ley lines. Uh, if you're going to be doing a variety of different things. Okay. And that, that matters for your house too, by the way. (laughs) So if you're living in a house and there's a lot of conflict, I would not put the ley line on the corner of the house and then have the other end of that ley line that as the energy goes out be your meditation space because it's just going to drag all sorts of, you know, randomness with it. Now, technically, it should be a negative ley line that does that, but it's going to bring what it can with it <laughs> and, and, you know, it picks up stuff along the way. So it, it can get muddied right? You want to be very careful about that. So this is, this is advanced energetic engineering, right? And that's, that's what we're talking about here, but we are th- almost three years in. So it's time to talk a little bit more advanced skills. And so this is advanced energetic engineering. So now if we're going to talk about this, I'm going to come back to that sacred geometry piece. Okay. So if we're doing a fire circle, and a labyrinth, and a meditation space. Ideally, we're going to lay those out in an equidistant sort of structure. But you also want to take into account the energy of the land, right? Because there may be some natural spaces on the land that need to be taken into account. If you have a fairy circle, for instance, um, which, by the way, is, is a naturally formed copse of trees that are in a circle around a center open space. That's what a fairy circle is, okay? So if you have a fairy circle on the land, 
you want to make sure that that very circle is in alignment geometrically with the other things that you're putting in place. Okay. If you have a river or a creek running through the property, that's going to shift the energetics as well. Right. And so, you know, you want to pay attention to that. In fact, sometimes you may have an underground river operating on your property and it is impacting the energetics. So if you can't figure out why the energetics aren't the way you expect them to be, douse for the underground river <laughs> and you will find it um, because that's what's messing with the energy of the land. Um, so there's all kinds of things and, and we could go way far down this rabbit hole, right? So I, I don't want to get too far afield, but but I just want to, I'm, I'm just poking into different areas so that people can become aware of the different things that they'll want to take into account. You know, you obviously want to talk to the energy of the land if you're setting up stuff like this. You want to make sure that there are no trolls living on the land. And if so, you know, find the way to negotiate them off the land. And you want to make sure that there's no transdimensional vortices happening where random energies are coming in to mess with you from other dimensions. You know, there's, there's a lot of pieces and parts that go into the process. And if you're on a burial ground that has been plowed over, that's a whole nother layer of ack. And uh, anybody who's seen Poltergeist knows that. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is uh, just some of the things that you want to think about if you're considering doing some of this work. It's just like dig safe for... For magic users. <laughs> exactly. Dig safe for magic users. Perfect. Yeah. So, and, and here's, here's something. I just want to say this because a lot of you are probably out there going, Ooh, I wish I had some really cool land to do this cool stuff on. Right. You know? So I, I want to say this, you can do this in very small ways as well. It does not have to be in big ways. You know, we have a quarter acre parcel here at my house and we're putting in different places in different spaces within the parcel. You know, we have a relaxation space and we have an entertainment space and we have a fire circle and we have a garden, you know, all of these things add into the energy of the yard and each layer you add to it adds richness and depth and texture to the energy. Right? So, you know, it doesn't have to be fancy. And in fact, if you're going for a more natural feel, fancy is probably counterintuitive, right? So it, it just has to be reflective of the energy you're trying to create within the space, right? And keep in mind that when you're warding your space, you're also warding your yard. When you ward your yard, you have to tell it what you want the energy to be filled with. And by the way, don't forget to invite the fairies because otherwise your garden won't grow. <laughs> As I learned last year. Oops. <laughs> oh so, boy. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, little things. Yeah. Well, this has been this has been a fun little toy now for us to play with. I don't suppose that, you know, there there's a Google Maps for ley lines out there that people if they're struggling with that second site piece that they can just go look it up. Where are the ley lines? That's not a thing. Dag nabbit. All right. Well, in this day and age, one would one would think. David Franklin Farkas 
who does house healing. He's with househealing.com. He uses ley lines in his work to clear houses. So um, he, you know, you might want to check in with him and see if he, if you can't find it on your property, he could probably tell you where it is. Okay. Awesome. Well, this has been another fun fun episode is there anything you want to you want to talk about just before we wrap up here yeah so i i wanted to mention that you know if you've been excited about listening to the podcast and if it's something you know if you're binging a bit (laughs) whether you're doing it in order or not if you're binging a bit you know you may want to think about a, a more formal course of study and we begin that we we have our sacred power and purpose mystery school And the beginning course in that is called Inner Peace 101. And in that course, we do a lot of personal work because if you're going to do magic, you have to clear out all your personal crap because otherwise it'll get in the way of doing your magic. And we also form some foundations for energetic work and start to teach you how to use your energy effectively, how to maintain your energy effectively, how to protect yourself, how to protect your space, how to do all the fun, cool things that we talk about here on the podcast. And so if you're listening to this and going, oh, my God, I wish I lived in the magical house. And oh, my God, I wish I I, w- I had lived her life and I, I could be just like her. Well, then, you know, come and take the course. And this is what we do, right? This is why it's here. And it will not only change the way you see magic and, and the energetic world and the physical world as a result, it's also going to change the way you feel about yourself. Because when we do this work, we're doing work not just on an energetic level, but we're also doing it on a personal growth level. And when you intersect personal growth and energetic work, you get transformation, And that's where you literally begin to become a new person. And don't get too intimidated by that. We're not saying that you're going to become somebody completely different. What what we're saying is you're going to peel away all the coping mechanisms and all the bullshit that's been layered on you over the years to find your true authentic self that's, that's hiding inside of all of that. And so as we peel those layers away, you feel differently because you are literally no longer identifying as what those layers were. You're identifying as more of who you actually are. And so that's the work that we do in here. And and in this layer of the program, we're really forming the foundation for being able to understand how change happens and why change happens and what how we resist it and how to overcome those resistances. And we also work on things around fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and and forming the foundation for self-love and self-support and building courage. And creating that inner peace so that you can do the other bigger works. Exactly. And that's what it's all about, right? So if that appeals to you, then come check it out on kellysparta.com. And, uh, you know, you can click on the either in the online programs at the top and pick Inner Peace 101, or you can click on the Sacred Power and Purpose Mystery School on that homepage there, and it'll take you to the entire uh, curriculum. And you can see where it goes from there. So I would love to talk to you. By the way, you can't sign up for any of these courses online. You have to talk to me in order to sign up because I interview everyone to make sure that they're safe and a good fit for the group. 
All right. Well, go and check that out, folks. And any Kellyism before we wrap here? Oh, the magic is all around you. You got so excited about that. It was adorable. I love that. I was. I know. I'm excited. I, was, I forgot. I forget every time that you're going to yeah. ask me. And I go, yes, I have to come up with that. Well, let, me do, let, me, let me tell you. There you go. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, that is all that we have for this week. But be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta. And you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye. Each mile I travel over 13,000 miles. Spirit Trippa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under a Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to www.creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to kelly at kellysparta.com. To sign up for or get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to www.kellysparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions, with post-production by Christopher Wright. Into my home and my love and my life and me. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing? But you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.